0: It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for let's talk about it with ASAP Barbie.
1: Become a supporter. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. yo what up good people welcome to another episode of let's talk about it i'm your host asap barbie i got my boy eric with me what up what up y'all chilling chilling another day another dollar uh today as you know we, we we coming to you from a place of um well let me put it out there first off we're coming from a place of opinion uh because i've gotten a few dms and was like um We only tell stuff from a certain standpoint, blah, say blah, blah. Well, the truth is people, we are only telling it from a man's perspective because we are two men. I can't tell you something from a woman's perspective because I'm not a woman. I can't tell you something from a child's perspective because I'm not a kid. So, just so you understand, everything we do talk about is from our personal experiences and our opinions as men. Um, Is it all fact? No. Is it our opinion? Yes. So I just wanted to clear that before we even jump into the episode so that you guys will understand, like, we're not out here trying to demonize nobody. We're not out here to hurt anybody. We're just out here, you know, enjoying great conversation, so on and so forth. Uh, Well, let's jump right into this episode. So today we of course we got three good topics for you. Um one topic is how much should you spend on a first date? The the topic of the week is Carly Russell and feminism finesse the black woman. First, I'm gonna start off with the how much should you spend on a first date? So for me, first dates. To me shouldn't be that expensive um because perception is reality and i feel like if you start off if you start off spending three four hundred dollars on the other side of that she may expect this treatment all the time because expectations are, are are huge in man and woman relationships um but i also think that sometimes you know first dates can be free like there's nothing wrong with taking a walk around the park and having a great conversation or you know just going to sit out somewhere and have a great conversation like that could be a date as well or you can have you know go to starbucks and have a six dollar coffee that's a date you know or you can go to applebee's and do two for 20 you know because it's the first date to me first dates are let's break the ice let's get to know each other a little bit it's not about how can i impress you and how much money can i spend on you because again you know that may come with expectations from the other side and then you know like i said perception is reality because if you pull out 300 on the first day i meet you I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, you you got that money, so that's probably what I want you to do moving forward. Anyway, um, so like I said, it could be free, but if I had to put a number on it, I say you shouldn't go above a hundred bucks. Like a hundred should be the cutoff for a first day. If I gotta put a number on it, uh, Eric, what you got?
0: So I I think I wish we could go back to like when I was young. And I'm pretty sure they may do some version of it today. I don't know what the young kids call it, but the first phase of dating back in my day was, and I'm trying to not to date myself, but we used to say we was talking, you know what I'm saying? Before she was gir- your girl, you was talking with her, you know, uh, talking to her. On the phone, many hours, you know what I'm saying? Building that attraction, getting to know somebody, and then you would just take it from there, right? so sometimes that talking phase it gets to a point to where it's like yo i gotta see somebody and then i just say trust your gut right like so if you broke i mean you need to take on a broke date uh within reason you know um but if i had to put a cap on it you said a 100 uh i like a 150 dollars per person you know meals drinks i think that's that's standard but i i really like what you said about doing free stuff Or doing inexpensive stuff. Because I think you can kill two birds with one stone. One being you ain't burning a hole through your pocket. Especially in this day where everybody's dating everybody. Um, Back in the day when we was talking to somebody. Typically you was talking to one person and one person only. Um, But nowadays when uh, serial dating is a thing. I would say yeah you got to put a cap on it. Right. So I would start low. uh, Coffee. You know. uh, Lunch shoot let's do a picnic and then uh i will proceed from there but the second thing you find out about that person is how they react to it you know i, I hear a lot of uh people say yo if, if a man try to take me out on a first date for coffee he ain't worth my time you know what well you know maybe sweetie ain't meant to be because i ain't the kind of woman i want you know what i'm saying it's gonna uh place value or associate my value with my pockets you know what i'm saying even if I had it, you know, even if I was filthy rich, I would want to be or portray uh, someone who I don't want you to know that I'm filthy rich. You know what I'm saying? I want you to know me for me um, and not be thinking in the back of your mind. Oh, is she with me for my money? You know what I'm saying? So I always advocate, hey, start small. You know what i'm saying you don't know this person you don't know where it's gonna go and uh how many times you gonna take a woman to you know the best steakhouse in town you know before you realize hey maybe this this ain't the way you know what i'm saying because maybe the results aren't what you think they should be so i'm good with 100 maybe 57 dollars, something like that <laughs> okay so,
1: so i didn't even think about you know the whole serial dating stuff um, that definitely went over my head, even though I knew it's a real thing. it just didn't cross my mind. I mean, of course, I know in today's in today's society, most people they, uh, you know, they date until they find what they want. So I, I knew it, but I just I guess because it's, it's been normalized that I kind of overlook it. Um, but it does suck that <clears throat> the time that we live in now, is that your value actually comes from your pocket now? Like, it's so unfortunate because um, I think I was telling you about the study that I seen on uh, YouTube. Because you know, a lot of people when they see rich people, it's always a flashy, and that's a that's a cultural thing, though, right? You know what I'm saying? Like flashy and not flashy. So they did this study with. Uh, with two rich people they did one i forgot the the young man's name but it's very popular i think like i want to say it was ty dollar sign or something like that right but then they also had bill gates on the other side and ty dollar sign pulled up you know to the restaurant and a lambo nice jewelry, you know fresh to death everybody was on him All the women was on him, hey, hey, hey. And then (laughs) the entrepreneur, one of the richest people that we know, but you don't know because you don't see him every day, Bill Gates pulls up. Bill Gates pulls up in a Tesla, dressed like he just fresh out of Target. Didn't even get a man a second look. He went inside. He asked a young lady, can I buy you a drink? She looked at him disgusted, like, nah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, once he walked off, that's when the waiter was like, Hey, you know who that was? She was like, some bomb. And he was like, Yo, that's Bill Gates. And like her face went dumb. So it was like, it's crazy, cuz like, you know, when he said, Oh, that's Bill Gates. Her face went dumb, like, so you telling me I just passed up on all this money? It wasn't the person, it was the money she was, you know, that one person was seeking. So okay. it's an unfortunate thing, but we do seek people for, it's what What can you do for me? Kind of lifestyle we live in now. And it sucks that we live that way. Uh, I wish we didn't. And like you said, back in the day, we used to sit on the phone and talk for hours and days and weeks. And then it was finally like, Yo, let's link up at the skating rink, or like let's link up at the movies when everybody else go. Or I, or I meet you at the mall type shit, like. So I, I do remember those days. Very funny days, at that. Yeah,
0: and if if you if you take a look and examine, I, I'm gonna call it broke people love. Broke people are the happiest people when it comes to love, and I think that's what people should aspire to be. You know, and I hate to say it because, like, you know, I'm a. I watch these little uh, dating shows on Netflix and whatever, and they always use this term, and I hate it, but it's about that genuine connection with somebody. Like you said, you when you get to you four or five hours on the phone, you going to sleep on the phone with somebody, you get to that point where you can't wake up get fresh go to school go wherever to the job and see that person you know so dating becomes easy at that point especially when you enjoy each other's company and when i look at rich people not to say rich people don't love each other or love you know what i'm saying the situation that they got they just don't have that same happiness so that's why i don't think is it's a good idea to place value that much value on somebody's pockets you know i want somebody i could vibe with <laughs> Um, and and had that quote unquote genuine connection. I don't think, I think you can't compare broke love to rich love uh, when you're talking about happiness. They got a million dollars worth of happiness, and that should be everybody's goal.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then, like you said, like uh, with the whole, <laughs> get y'all, a, get y'all a old school terminology that, that made you at least feel like you were in love. <clears throat> this is the perfect example. You're on the phone, it's late, you're probably tired, they probably tired. And then one of y'all say, yo, you sleep? And somebody will be like, nah, I ain't sleep, but I'm sleepy. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you wanna get off the phone? Nah, I'm good. And they will fight sleep all night long just to be on the phone with you. Yeah. Like that was real love. Mm-hmm. Even though we didn't know what the hell love was, but looking back on it, that was love. Like I'm willing to sacrifice rest, knowing I gotta go to school in the morning. I'm willing to sacrifice that for you, and you was willing to risk it all for me.
0: And you had to put it out there too, because most of these phones we had was in the middle of the house, in the kitchen, or something like that. Oh yeah, so, so you lay so, in the yeah.
1: hallway with your feet up on the wall. And yeah,
0: you standing all in it. up on the refrigerator, you know, got the cord around <laughs> yeah. like everywhere just whispering, you know, getting that yeah. game in, you know, but you didn't care. Your mama said your your nose wide open. You know, hey, she's special. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you know, so back to the, you know, subject at hand, we both agreed that no more than $100 should be spent on a first date. Um, You know, if you think there is a reason that it should be more, You know, y'all can always DM us, let us know. And, you know, we take all, you know, whether it's criticizing, whether it's good info, whether it's a question, whatever it is, let us know. And we definitely going to get back with you and let you know, like, yo, we appreciate you for even tuning in to get this far. So moving on to the second um, topic, how feminism has finessed the black woman. So this was one, of course, we tried to get a female guest and nobody wanted to come on at this time. You know, I guess everybody busy, I understand it. But from a man's perspective, especially a black man's perspective, I hear a lot of black women, like, I don't need a man. I don't, you know, it's a constant. I don't need a man, fuck these niggas. These niggas, this, this nigga, that. Fuck this nigga, that. I don't care about this nigga, this. I get it. But what happens is, y'all jumped on the feminism bandwagon of these white women when they were just fighting for equality as far as money goes in the workplace. That's what they was really fighting for. They wanted to fight for the whole what you can do, I can do, so I should get paid just like you. But y'all took it and ran with it because what was going on, y'all thought they were standing up for women as a whole, but what they were doing is just trying to get money, right? And what they were doing is, they were saying, yeah, forget men, men this, me and that, but they were going home to their white husbands. That's what they were doing. And then their husbands would be like, "What? why you out there talking about F this man this? And he was like, no, not you. We're talking about the ones that we work with. Because we want to be paid like them. But y'all take it a step further and actually start meaning the shit. And then, you know, it perpetuates the cycle of the broken, the, the broken black household. Because, you know, you don't need a man. You don't this, that, man. Men ain't shit. But it's like... You know, and it's, no, and it's not all black women. Let me make that very clear. This is not all black women. But it is for the ones that say, men ain't shit, so on so forth, but you're the one taking advantage of the section A, the food stamps, the child support, so on and so forth, saying you're the better parent, all this good shit, but then, and you know, keeping the man out of his child's life. But then when your kid grows up and gets 15 years behind bars, or your daughter is 12 to 15 and she gets pregnant, who's really the bad parent? But that's a different topic for a different day, but it goes in with this whole, you know, situation. Um, But I think they didn't finesse y'all to think that you really don't need a man to keep the cycle of, of black love down. And, and, it, and it's in full effect. All you have to do is look around. Don't take this. Don't take this information. Or don't take this content that we're putting out. And be like, see, them the niggas who ain't shit. No, we're not saying that. What we're saying is, look in the mirror. And then be like, damn. Why should I have to do this by myself when I don't have to? There is a good man out there for me. And he's waiting for me to act right so that he can do all this stuff that I need done. Instead of saying, niggas ain't shit, I'll find a way to do it. Like, that's so weird to me. Ed, what you got?
0: You know, I'm a big, big, big fan of going back in history and seeing, like, the origin of things, right? So, like, when when you look at feminism at its, like, the grassroots level when it first started... It was, it was a battle between a white woman and a white man. You know, a white woman felt like she was being disenfranchised, she couldn't vote. You know, like you were saying, many of the things that you hear today was go to work, come home, I mean, the man go to work, woman stay home, take care of kids. And they wanted more for themselves. And in the early stages, believe it or not, black males weren't even an op because they didn't have the power, you know what I'm saying, to affect the white woman uh, Lifestyle or livelihood like that, you know, um, obviously there was always themes of, you know, be afraid of the big black boogeyman You know, uh, he, he come in to rape you or, or whatnot But like I said as a focus their focus was on the white man and the, the power structure that he had back in the day um, I think black women kind of latched on to that because it it gave purpose. You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. all right. This is a movement, um, and it, you can see black women being involved as early as uh, the early 1900s uh, with the women's suffrage movement, and being in many cases the spokesperson or the the face of the movement. You know, and I think that's just an old tactic that has been used since the beginning. You know, if you want to get something off, hey, market it with. Somebody that looks like us, you know, cause we're gonna go hard for you. Um, for whatever reason. Maybe it's because we wanted acceptance, maybe it's because, you know, we didn't have a sense of being. But I think it is morphed into, all right, now we have a superwoman, you know, in all respects. You you really do have women that don't need men for anything except procreation, you know. But as you touched on, the danger of that is When you look back in history from the beginning of time until now, when you're the only community that's operating like that, saying, I'm going to go at it alone. You know, when there's nobody in the Asian community, that's not a dominating theme in their community or the white community or the Indian community, any community you can think of. That's when you got to reevaluate and be like, yo, is this really what we need to be doing? Not saying that you don't, you know, rock for what you believe in, but it needs to be done in tandem, because that's how everybody else operates, in tandem, the man and the woman, you know, and, you know, until we figure that out, unfortunately, we're gonna be somewhat running on a treadmill, you know, doing a lot of work, but not going nowhere, you know, so that's that's my opinion on it.
1: Yeah, and it goes back to I mean, it also goes back to one of the greatest sayings that we probably, I mean, all of us, if you're over 30, you definitely heard this saying a lot growing up, is if you know better, you'll do better. But for some reason, that message isn't getting across because like you said, when you look at it and culturally, we're the only community who, who lives this way, it's like, you know, now you have to sit down and say to yourself, <clears throat> or is everybody else thriving because they're doing it the wrong way and we're doing it right? That's why it's so hard for us. Or are we doing it the wrong way and everybody else doing it the right way? That's the question. That's the million dollar question you have to ask yourself. And whatever your answer is, is yours. It's your answer. And I'm not sitting here being the one to tell, you know, I'm not telling black women that you have to step back into the 1950s where you don't do nothing but lay on your back, cook clean, take care of kids. I am not saying that at all. But like Eric was saying, like everything that you do, you have to do it, especially needing support. I say that you you need to do things as a unit. Like if you have a unit a unit is definitely stronger than a single. Like we all know this, you know? So it's just one of those things where so some, sometimes we have to <clears throat> we have to sit down and look in the mirror and have that that conversation with self like yo, is this is this, like he said, is this the right way? And sometimes you'll find out like, damn, I've really been doing it wrong for so long because you know like and again, life doesn't come with a manual. So that's why I'm, you know, you don't hear Eric getting loud, you're not hearing me get loud or disrespectful or none of that because we we both understand that life doesn't come with a manual. But what we are here for, we're here to to put out stuff from a from our perspective. So that maybe someone who is listening who wants to understand, you know, they will sit and think and be like, well, I never thought about it like that. Because a lot of stuff that's brought to us, we'll discuss like a lot of stuff that you guys bring to us, we actually sit and discuss it because sometimes you guys say stuff to us that we either didn't know or we overlooked, and then we'll discuss it. But even though we just homeboys because he's married, with kids, I got mine on this side, I got my kids over here. So it's like, and but me and him as a unit on our show, we get shit done. You know, we, we're able to talk about shit and not sound scripted and all this because, well, first off, everybody that knows this show knows when we get on here, what you guys hear for the first time is what we hear from each other for the first time. We just go into a small dialect before we get on, like, hey, this is what we're gonna talk about. Cool, not cool, what you think? Most of the time, the answer is yes from both of us, and then we move forward. So again, like I said, sometimes, you know, the information, we could all make this shit so simple. Like like he said, you know, you jumped on a bandwagon, Not necessarily for the wrong thing, but it wasn't greatly for the right things either. Um, So I think that moving forward, the solution to all of this, whether you stay that way or whether you change it, knowing better is doing better. And I leave it at that for this topic. Now, let's move along to uh, topic of the week. Everybody's been hearing about the young lady, Carly Russell from uh Alabama, who faked the kidnapping. Um not sure why she did it. Um it's not my place. I'm not a detective, not an investigator. Um the information is just out there that she faked the kidnapping, and truth came out, and she lied. Right? So I also seen that uh, her lawyers and stuff came out, read a letter and was like, she's just dealing with some stuff and she asked for forgiveness and you know, hopefully y'all forgive her. And Basically trying to say, please move on. Don't hold this over my head. So for me, um, I don't think, I think it's okay to forgive her, right? But I don't think that you should forget. And I also sit back and look at other situations that were kind of like hers. And the situation I'm speaking on is Jussie Smollett. Like, we crucified this man for lying, saying that people beat him up. And he, you know, and came out that he bought the news and all this shit and paid these dudes to beat him up. For whatever the reason was, don't know. He wasted government funding on the investigation, so on and so forth. So, I think we should give the same energy to Miss Carly Russell as far as, you know, like, him having to go to jail for that. I think that she should be punished for what he did because she wasted government funding on the investigation looking for her when she wasn't even lost. Um... But, it, it, you know, and it's not that I'm hard on her because you're hard on him. I just feel like if we're going to be equal, we're going to be equal across the board. That's first off. Second off, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people say, well, she had mental health issues. Having mental health issues does not exonerate you from punishment. It just, your punishment just looks a little different now because we know you know you have an issue and for me being around a lot of people who have degrees like psychiatry degrees and all this good stuff psychologist degrees and all this good stuff you know they all say the same thing like they don't believe you have you can claim mental illness unless you have documented situations prior to whatever you did so if you just do something and then say it was mental illness no that's not mental illness that was a choice that's what they say i mean that's what i agree with but that's also what i've heard from doctors and stuff that that i personally know that i talk to um eric what you got
0: so you know uh here comes my biased opinion. um i did graduate uh college with a degree in psychology so like i have a different uh perspective and appreciation for mental health um because what it showed me was i had many of the same beliefs you did but what it showed me is mental health ain't what i thought it was um and initially it's like we would say stuff like oh that joke crazy or we thought you had to have like a severe disorder that always showed itself uh, one thing i learned was that all mental health disorders don't necessarily show themselves uh, many times you won't know somebody has a mental health disorder unless you're close to them you know i'm talking about mama daddy you know what i'm saying relation you in a relationship with them um, and what we often do sometimes is because we love that person we let it we let it go right, we don't say anything about it. Person doesn't get treated, and then boom, one day something happens, right? So, I'm not a doctor, right? So, back to Carly Red, I'm in no place to say what kind of mental health she has. But just looking at it from a practical standpoint, I think we both can agree what she did. Carly, was, Carly what's her name? What I call her? B. You call her Carly Red. We don't want Carly
1: to call her by, by MTV oh. Facts,
0: facts. And, hey. <laughs> edit that edit that carly russell uh i'm old man i'm getting old man we watch i feel you <laughs> but but like i said i'm i'm not going to diagnose her but i think from a practical standpoint we can all look back and was like yo something ain't right you know that story it just didn't match up um once all the facts start coming out it makes you think like what type of time was she on you know um and when i see stuff like this it does make me go back to now i'm curious about her childhood what was her life like what was her upbringing you know because many times i think when you talk to somebody you can kind of pinpoint or get close to what is the root of people's issues right Mm -hmm. so i always look at behavior right i tell my soldiers i tell everybody that are listening that where your mind goes is where your behavior is going to go. Your mindset is going to dictate your behavior, you know. Um, and you can only, at the end of the day, control what you do and how you respond, right. So, with that being said, it just leads me to believe that she has some stuff going on, you know. And I want to offer her grace. Not withstanding what you said, your point about people deserve punishment, right. Because for every action, there's a reaction. So, if you commit a crime... There's consequences. I do understand that. Um, but looking into it, just from the outside, looking in, I can tell that she need to talk to somebody. Not saying a professional, but she need to talk to somebody and straighten some stuff out. Because there ain't no way that you thought that that plan made sense. If everything is going how it's supposed to go up top. I don't know if it's depression. I don't know if she suffering from anxiety. I don't know. I can't call it but um something is wrong and i do think she should be evaluated you know i think that's natural and if they determine and i'm talking about day i'm talking about professional that she got something wrong they they need to address it you know you can address it in jail you can address it in prison but it still needs to be addressed because what we don't want is somebody that makes a decision like that just out in public you know um free you know to harm either myself or somebody you love or anybody you know i'm a big advocate of if you identify somebody that has some mental health issues you need to address it you know and and that's my take you know i hope she gets the help she needs. obviously like i said to me there's something going wrong and they just need to peel back the layers of the onion and find out what it is and then teach this young lady how she can cope so she don't have to do something like this no more
1: So now my question for you would be So if there is no documentation that she has any mental health prior to this situation, right? Do you do you punish first and then evaluate or do you evaluate being punished based on evaluation?
0: I think like whenever they have this trial, they they have to do both, right? So the punishment is gonna come last. Um, And the reason being is you need all the facts before you as a judge or a juror make your decision or catch your verdict, right? So if the defense is saying we wanna have our client evaluated, I say let it happen, you know what I'm saying? Because there might be an underlying issue that you're not tracking. Um, when they get all the facts and you find out that maybe she was harmed and, you know, or maybe she was abandoned or what, whatever the case may be, you know, then I think you act accordingly. I'm not saying they get all scot-free, you know. Some people get admitted to a mental health facility, which, you know, that's not ideal neither. To me, that's in, in many ways a uh, prison as well. You know, so I, I'm a big advocate of getting all the facts, finding out why you got to talk to, her, you know, finding out why she did what she did, digging into her history. And then once you get all the facts and you present it, all right, now let's talk about what the appropriate punishment is. It might not be appropriate that, you know, if the sentence is a minimum of 10 years that she get 10 years, you know, okay. we have to, we have to have some grace because it is like, we talked about many people. Um, matter of fact, the first show, we we talked surviving R. Kelly, you know. And over the years, some things came out about him. It don't change your opinion of R. Kelly, but it does add some perspective. It's like, yo, I didn't know he got assaulted or I didn't know he got molested or whatever. It, it kind of makes sense now. But we ain't letting him out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I do believe those things are... Uh, they go together, the punishment and the treatment. You know, you can't have one without the other.
1: Right, so so, so okay, so like with the R. Kelly situation, right? Came out that his sister or whatever molested him and so on and so forth, right? So that's why he's fucked up. Get it. He still got 30 years, right? So do you hey. think if he didn't have mental illness, he would've got 30 years or you think he would've got more?
0: Uh, if I was a judge, um, some crimes are so heinous, you know, like, and I'm talking about messing with kids that for me, and I'm not a judge, but for me, it, it doesn't matter. Like I have a sliding scale with this, you know? So what this, what Carly Russell did and what r kelly did two, different, two different things, things. Me. right yeah yeah it's two different things so of course i'm I, not
1: saying it's the same
0: yeah People i'm not, not a, an, i'm
1: saying it's the same i'm just asking the question based on what he said i'm not saying that they are the same crimes not even in the same category so please yeah, think that.
0: i just want to preface that because i'm i'm going to say i'll offer her more grace but in this situation i wouldn't you know okay and the reason why i say that is one like i said without knowing all the facts this girl was running from something it's, it's obvious you don't right. pick up a plan like that I need to know what it was Was right. she out there and I'm not I'm, I'm not even going to say but I'll just use a, another woman example uh was she a woman running from a pimp you know what I'm saying like is, is she on is she hooked on drugs and you know it, it could be a myriad of things that make me look at the situation and be like you know what I gotta take this into account before I render my my verdict or my judgment you know um Like I said, the facts remain the same. And thank God nobody uh, got hurt in searching for her, you know, whether, um, you know, by accident or anything. But the facts still remain. You wasted, at a minimum, you wasted taxpayers' dollars just because, you know, you wanted to create this hopes. For that, you must be punished. You know, like, time is money. And you're wasting people's time, you know, and we don't have time to waste Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a tough one. It really is. It's
1: tough. And, you know, like my, my whole premise is just because you have an issue, mental health is what we're speaking on, uh, because you have mental health issues, it doesn't exonerate you from punishment, right? Now, how you get punished? First off, that's not up to me. I'm not God, I'm not a judge, and I'm not a juror. So, how? That's out of my, that's out of my lane. But to be punished, I think it should be. And you know, that, that was always my thing from the get-go. Like, because we wanted to really talk about Carly Russell because it was a lot of stuff on social media and the internet, so on and so forth, that, you know, she shouldn't be punished. She should just she should just have to go see a counselor and get it figured out, but it's like, no, you, you fucked up. So like Eric said, for every action, there's a reaction. So if we start this tone of people doing stupid shit saying, oh, you just need to go see a counselor, you know, when that trickle-down effect happens, and, and when I say that, I mean in the harshest way, Let's say, you know, people don't like to talk about shit, but let's talk about these kids of today. Let's say your kid, my kid, anybody's kid, somebody kid goes and shoots somebody, another person's child, there's one person's life lost, but then your child or their child get to go and say, well, I got mental health issues. So now you don't go to prison. You just, you know, you just go to the mental hospital, for a year to talk to a counselor and then after that they put you on meds and that's it. You think that's enough for the for the family who lost their their, their child? Like is that fair?
0: Absolutely not. See, I why why you were saying that example, I was thinking of that movie uh A Time to Kill, Samuel Jackson, right? Uh-huh. So, you had these these individuals that assaulted his daughter and he he tried To allow the system to work like it's supposed to you know and when it didn't work like he thought it should work then he took matters in his own hands you know and like that's something that you got to contend with too in that scenario it's like if if you want to apply some people are out for blood you know what i'm saying and that's all they want is blood like you took something from me you shoot my dog i'm gonna kill your cat you know like that's just how it goes so you also have to factor that in too. Being a judge, you know, you can't mm-hmm. you can't be too soft, but you can't be too lenient, you know, because right. the ramifications of it could be endless, you know. Right. Could,
1: and I, and I'm and I'm telling people now, I don't want to see. First off, I don't want to see anybody kill anybody. Like, you know, like that shit is crazy to me. Everybody knows how I feel about that from previous episodes, but we're not gonna get into it, but. If you do kill someone, I don't think, I've never thought there was a proper number to put on it. Like life has always been my answer to murder. It doesn't matter what the murder was for, unless it's it's self-defense. Or like,
0: do you believe in crimes of passion?
1: Yes, but I still think that you should get life because you took a life. So now you have to spend your, so, the, so your action was you took a life, so now the reaction is now you have to spend life.
0: But that's where I think it's important to understand, like, mental health, and I think judges take this into account, like, if, if Dwayne by regard for beer, but somebody assaults your loved one, let's say they violate him, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm talking about a female loved one, and somebody comes home and be like, X, Y, Z did this to me, you know? And you become enraged. I, I hate to say it. I understand that, though. You know, I I completely understand that. I think that's a natural human emotion. Something that you might not be able to control.
1: I one thousand percent agree.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I also understand that.
0: I don't know if I'm giving you life. Is what I'm saying. If I'm well. Judge.
1: So so this is my thing behind that. If someone. You know like you said violated a female lover. one i'm very enraged you know and the the angry part of me wants to go and take your life right but <clears throat> the logic side says well if i go take your life now i gotta think about spending life in jail because i took a life right
0: what if you just want to beat his ass now you now
1: beating somebody up is different because i don't i never thought that you should go to jail for beating up somebody but of course this is the way we live now you will go to jail for fighting and shit, so mm-hmm. i get it but you know to beat somebody up is one thing but like because i i, I always say it and like everybody always hear me say it if anybody ever took any of my siblings' life, I'm gonna take your life. Like, I've always said that, because, you know, I look, I view my, it's almost like telling somebody, you have to sit and think, like for instance, like, you know, you love your children. Right? Mm -hmm. Nobody in this world is gonna love your children like you do. Which means that if your son or your daughter comes and cusses you out, you may tell them get out my house, but you still may help them get an apartment because they're your child. You they just can't live under your roof no more if they gonna talk to you like that, right? Mm-hmm. But to the next person, they may cuss out, they may knock their fucking teeth out, or they may take their life. So you know it's one of those things like nobody's gonna love your loved ones like you do. So that's where I tell people you can't lead with emotion. So when you talk about the crime of passion, it's still like, it's still a, it's a crime. You made the choice, whether it was out of anger, whether it was out of love, you made the choice to take this life for life. So now I do feel like, yeah, you probably got to spend the rest of your life in jail. I mean, and I don't know, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know where the spectrum between mental health and choices. I don't know where the disconnect is and I don't know where the connect is. That's why I feel the way I feel about certain stuff. Because like you said, like if somebody hurt my loved one, like does that now mentally fuck me up? So when I go do something crazy, does that mean I have mental health? Like, or was that just a choice I made because I was mad? I
0: mean, we it's I think when you simplify it, it's, it's all decisions, you know? And I, I remember when, you know, a lot of us were getting shot and killed by the police. I would say the last decade, my mother hit me up one time and she was like, they a jail large enough to hold me down. You know what I'm saying? If somebody did that to you, son, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I understand that, Um, that she, she would feel like she doesn't have a choice. Meaning like I am so deeply moved that I'm gonna go raise hell and back to make sure, you know what I'm saying, my son has justice. Whether that be through the court system or whether that be through vigilante justice, you know. And that part, I think we sometimes miss in the mental health conversation that, hey, some people can not be thinking straight. I'll just put it like that, you know. Uh, be in a situation to where you, you would think and act unlike you normally think and act and that's to me the the best way to sum it up when you talk about people that have mental issues they're not thinking and behaving normally and like i said what comes after that like i said that's where it gets it gets dicey you know how do you judge that it's a sliding scale If the mandatory minimum is 25 do you give them the mandatory minimum Or do you give them 35 or do you give them 45 like how do you determine that it's i think it's based on the situation and each person is different you know
1: i i definitely understand that and for anyone who's a psychiatrist psychologist um please dm us um or send us an email or find a way to get in contact with us because we would definitely love to hear from a professional your your point of view on situations like this like and i definitely want to know where choices meets mental health and how do you dissect you know how do you dissect which way to go when you're evaluating no we don't need to know any personal stories we just need to know your opinion on the uh situation um. well that's that for this episode and the end verdict with the Carly Russell is for me anyway I don't really know how Eric feels but for me I feel like even though she made a mistake and she may have mental health issues punishment should be in, in the works of some sort I'm not saying she has to go to jail for 50 years for it no but if she gets a fat-ass fine or she has to repay however much it costs the city to search for her, that's punishment enough. Like, to me, like I said in the beginning, because you have mental health issues, does not exonerate you from punishment. Um, and, you know, I, I I guess Eric feels the same way. Um,
0: but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... So, uh, we got laws, and you can't skirt around that, man. Like, the the justice system, they say um, lady justice is blind, right? Like, so she irrespective of person, gender, race, nationality, all that, color creed. We just apply the law equally. Now, equally is where we got to figure out, you know what I'm saying? Because is it straight across the board, or is it equal based off of circumstances you know that's where it gets dicey but yeah we got laws if you violate a law you got to deal with it you got to stand in front of those folk you know um, that's just what it is just hope you know what I'm saying if you were acting um, uncharacteristically that those folk will have grace you know because I think some people when they commit crimes especially if they're not inherently evil they it snaps out of it and they're like oh snap what did I do you know what I'm saying I went over to beat his ass but I slammed this nigga on the concrete and now he dead he ain't moving you know like that type of thing I think it happens a, a lot and uh, I don't know it's it's dicey
1: yeah well that's the end of this episode good people and you know at the end of every episode we try to leave you with something um, whether it's knowledge something to do whatever the case may be. So, what I'm going to leave you guys with this episode is... hmm, It's a suggestion, actually. I suggest that everyone listening go and watch the movie Who Cloned Tyrone? Um, And don't watch it just because it's a good movie. Watch it and actually get the message out of it. Uh, whatever the message is for you because of course you know the message for everybody is deeper some people it's just a movie some people it's reality some people it's what if but whatever it is for you i think it's a good movie that everyone should check out it's on netflix uh starring jimmy fox uh and the movie again is called who cloned tyrone Hey, what you got for the people
0: Hey, I used to hear this growing up all the time. I said, don't trust nobody. Ain't got no vice, right? So if you don't have a vice, a hobby, something to keep you grounded, go find one, you know, Um, because we're the best version of ourselves when both feet, you know, we tend 10 toes down. So uh, just keep that in mind. If you get away from yourself and you feel off balance, off kill, off center, just go reground yourself and do those things you love. That's all I got.
1: All right, good people. Y'all can find us on Thread Daily at ASAP Barbie. And for Eric, it's that, that, still, all with D's. Yeah, just hit us up, and we'll be back with you with another episode of Let's Talk About It. We
0: What's up? It's your girl, Aubrey Shine, and that was Let's Talk About It with ASAP Barbie.